talk about the bigger picture. Uh-huh. Let's talk about how we be ballin', playing with yeah, the yeah, Wizards. Yeah. Let's talk about the Nets and how they always got good pictures. Jeez. Let's talk about the Cats, how rest can turn them boys to winners. Uh-huh. Injuries and updates, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the opponent, we can toe to toe, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the top, this podcast gonna go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's something you should know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry, and I'm all by myself. Yes, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. No, actually, it's good things why these guys are going to be gone, but Stoner is out traveling. He is actually in the future, and I think he might be lurking in our chat right there, so you can comment with him as the show goes on, but he's going, he's, he's traveling abroad. Go see his family. It's been a long time since he's been with them. And so we're happy for him to be able to get that family time in Trev couldn't make tonight's show. He's out there getting that paper, making sure that his dreams will be a reality. Hopefully we have some big announcements on that front coming, hopefully within the next month or so. We'll see. Uh, fingers crossed for our man, Trev. So you would normally just be stuck with me, but you know, no one, really wants to listen to me. I think I think I'm your least favorite host, but that's all right because I'm going to be bringing on with me today none other than the host of First String Podcast, a show that is so fun it just might be illegal. Welcome Toothpick to the show as our guest hosts for today's episode. Uh, thank you, Toothpick. First String Podcast. Check them out if you haven't already. They have their a YouTube channel uh, sponsored by Bet Rivers. Got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Pick, how you doing, my man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. Listen, uh, I know my guy Stoner uh, came over to the podcast, and if he's on the run from the police, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay, you know. So, you know, if, if Stoner's, you know, dipping and dodging the guys, we don't talk to the popo. That's one of the things we always say over there. And then Trev, I know Trev's doing big things, man. I miss him. Salute Trev. Hopefully everything works out. And I'm looking forward to that big announcement, man. How are you, though, Nate? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, I'm having some fun, but I might not be having as much fun as you talking about Stoner running from from uh, the popo. I tell you who he's not running from. He's not running from those Florida Panther fans that uh, decided to come after Ref the District on Twitter and uh, none too happy with his Stoner recaps. So he's been doing some uh, some uh, little bit of little shows for us on the Capitals as they're they're in the playoffs right now. Two two series they play tonight. Yes. Florida fans haven't been showing up to the games now. They've been showing out for the playoffs, but Stoner liked to bring that fact up during one of these Stoner recaps, and they are coming for him. They yeah. and he's not backing down. He is taking all of it. Uh, you can see Stoner is in the chat on the ref, the district here. Uh, we also have Carlton and Kenneth already joining us. Thanks. Thanks gentlemen for joining us. And uh, we've got a great show for you here today because uh, pick and I are going to be going over in the cool down, what we think or what we expect of the Washington commanders 2022 schedule for the game today. We are going to be talking about that rookie mini camp and what we expect from the Washington Commanders rookies. And then here in the warm up, we're actually going to be talking about the sophomore season yes. of the Commanders picks, which might be even more exciting than the rookies in that regard because, uh, you know, maybe there's some big expectations from those players we took last year. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our channel. We are sponsored by Pacers Running. 
for every run. They've got you taken care of. All right, pick. Let's get in here, man. Hold on. Hold uh, on first. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stoner, Stoner made a big boo-boo, right? Stoner, <laughs> when you're on the run, you cannot tell people where you are. <laughs> right? You yes. can't do that. So you got you to go in there and say you're somewhere else, Stoner. <laughs> so if you're in Jamaica, th- Tokyo's fine. But if you're actually in Tokyo, you got to say you you're in Jamaica. can't do that, man. Got <laughs> <laughs> Got to pull out the cash, pay pay for everything in cash. Right. Man, he's such he's such a rookie. He's going to get himself caught before he gets to go see his family. So, Peck, let's get to these uh, sophomore uh, Washington commander picks, which were actually the last Washington football team picks. Yep. So, out of those, let's start with our with our our first round pick from last year. A lot of fans not happy with Jamin Davis. They weren't happy with the pick and they weren't happy with his production on the field. JDR came out and said it was pretty much a failed season, right? Like he, he did not hold back in his comments saying he did not have a good season. Wasn't great. Um, Isn't that on Jack Del Rio? Isn't that on Ron Rivera that it's, he didn't have a good rookie season or is this just Jamin Davis wasn't a good pick. It absolutely is, and Corey is probably going to say that I am going to contradict myself because uh, remember back when we played Baltimore in that third preseason game, right? Jamin Davis was treated like a starter, and he did not play any of that game. How did you expect him to learn? You can't learn if you're not in the game. You have to play. You have to take those bumps and bruises, just like a quarterback, right? Um a quarterback's not going to play until he starts to see a whole bunch of defenses and see what they can do. But we started taking some hits at the middle linebacker position, and now you want to put a square peg into a round hole. You want to play the young man out of position. You never said that you drafted him to play middle linebacker. You drafted him to cover backs. You you talked about his speed. You talked about how he attacks things. But you want to put a square peg into a, a square peg into a round hole and play play him at middle linebacker. Not going to work. No, I mean, he's got that sideline to sideline speed, but I mean, that is a huge jump for a, a, you know, really this Davis only had the one good season, right? And in in college, he kind of exploded. He has great physical traits. And I think that if they would have let him play to those instincts, like you're talking about, where, you know, you have him, you know, attacking downfield, you have him covering the faster guys because he has some of that speed, then I think that he would have been you know, at least fine, but having him try to call the defense, having him try to sit there and assess plays and not just play with those instincts. He just really wasn't built for that. And I mean, you saw there was a couple of good explosive plays that he did have, especially down the stretch when he was only playing maybe, you know, 20% of the snaps, but uh, like, you can see why he was picked as high as he was. I still like Jamin Davis. Um, I think that he will have a better sophomore season than he does than he did his rookie season. Um, you'll have that film to look at. You know what to expect. You didn't have any changes in your coaching staff, so you know what they expect from you. So at that that exit, they told him what they wanted him to work on. So if he worked on the things that they told him that he needed to work on and he comes in ready, sharp, ready to go, he will do more of what we saw at the end of the year, which is – react to what you're seeing and not think so much. And that's when we saw him play with speed and things like that. And and I think we'll be better off for it this year. Now let's move on from our 
uh, esteemed number one pick there with uh, Jamin Davis. Let's move over to Sam Cosme. What did you like? Uh, what did you didn't? If, did you, is there anything you didn't like? Because I don't know. Me personally, I love me those big boys playing on the line, and Sam Cosme looks like an absolute stud. First, uh, me okay. <clears throat> I am here in Texas, right? And I'm forced to watch the Texas Longhorns. You know college football. I got that package now so I can watch anyone I want to watch, but there are a couple of games you don't miss like the Red River Rivalry. And when I saw Sam Cowsby play and the things that he did in that game, I was like, okay, this kid can play. So I knew who he was. What I did not like was Morgan Moses being let go. But once I saw that the guy started into camp, when I knew that he stood up to Chase Young and Montez Sweat and got into fights with them, oh, I was really excited then because I was like, this guy can really, really go. Uh, I like the fact that he played. He played well. We weren't worried about him. And then he got injured. Now, now are we looking at a, a, a real injury prone type guy or, you know, let's see how he bounced back this year. But I'm really happy with Cosme, man. I'm really happy with him. What, what would, what would it take for him to be labeled as injury prone? What what do you think it would take for him to miss another three, four games this season? Or no, no. Let's, does he let's, just one game and he's like, oh, he's this guy's injury prone? No, no. Remember, th- we're talking about the offensive line and defensive line. These guys get beat up. They fight in a phone booth, right? So when we start to get into that that Brandon Brandon Sheriff type numbers, where you're missing six, seven, eight games in a year, right? And then you come back and uh, has Brandon Sheriff played a full year in the NFL? I, I yes. Don't yes, he has. His, but he, his, he did miss 22 games over four seasons is what I think it was. Now we, That's what I'm talking about. Now, once we get there, now I'm like, ah, come on, man. We, that's we're paying you, you to, to, to sit on the sideline. So uh, I would rather, you know, see him in there more than he's gone. Plus, you know, that offensive line unit, they got to do like Jake said, like Big Joe Jacoby said. They got to all step at the same time. And so you can't do that when you're missing, missing time. So, yeah. The offensive line did hold up fairly well, even without Sam Cosme. Uh, hopefully they get him back because I do think they can even be even more dominant, especially yes. in the run game. And that might be important with some of them, that that third round pick for Washington this year, which we'll get to in the game. Shout out to uh, my mom, uh, Kimber Perry's in the chat. EP hey. is in the chat as well. And Commandalorian, uh, let us know what you think of the sophomores for the Washington Commanders. Uh, what do you expect from them? We've gone over the first two picks with Jamin Davis and Samuel Cosme. One more thing. One more thing about Ooh, Cosme. Cosme? Yeah. You know, I Listen, told you, I like the big boys. So I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Um, he is our next all-pro lineman. Like, we just left off from, uh, you know, Brandon Sheriff was that guy, right? Cosme is the next one up. Cosme is going to be special for us. Um, I mean, Jay Leno, he's holding it right now, right? Yeah. And but it's it's Cosme. I was going to ask if you if you thought uh, Leno was uh, Leno there was uh, going to be decent. I think that he'll be solid. It, it, I do think Cosme has the tools to be special, mm-hmm. and hopefully he can. He, hopefully he can stay on for a full season because, like I said, the the kid is a monster. Mm-hmm. 
the the line is a bit of a patchwork too so uh you know you mentioned some of the people who are, who've left before cosme now you got uh brandon sheriff who's gone you've got uh eric flowers, flowers was, gone. was 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 uh was kicked off so it's going to be interesting to see this team but i believe they have a offensive line coach who honestly you know probably in my opinion you know maybe not quite bugles level but is pretty darn good. So uh, he's the fact that we went down to our fifth center and the yes. the, the line was still able able to perform reasonably well, uh, especially on the advanced statistics. I think that was that shows that you got some good coaching there. Yeah, the Mandalorian yes. says Cosme is going to make or break our offensive season. It would be nice to see some runs over there to the right and have Cosme yeah. lead or have him pull for whatever reason. Not that you pull tackles all that often, but he's got the speed to do it. He's I like when he's out in front of screens. I do like that. So, Let's move to our third round pick from last year. That was Benjamin St. Juiced, a name that most people weren't familiar with. And then when they started seeing him play, I think there's some excitement there. Yeah, He got a concussion and ended up missing pretty much the entire – two-thirds of the season, last two-thirds of the season. Did he do enough for you to kind of submit himself as a as a regular roster player? Um, I, I got to say, if he did, we wouldn't have drafted so many corners and brought in so many corners, right? We, we, we wouldn't have done that. So now, especially when you're talking concussions, right? When you're talking concussions, uh, I remember, uh, I think it was Brian Mitchell said, as long as he didn't have any concussions or neck damage that he was going to play. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's to the point where can he stay on the field, protect himself and contribute? Fred Smoot was talking about St. Juice being rookie of the year last year. Remember that? Right. So we know that this kid has talent and players know play, players know this person can do it or this person mm-hmm. can't do it. Um, so for me, I would love to see him, Coming to this season, the same way we talked about Davis, playing fast, knowing what's going on. Because, again, that, that same side of the ball, all coaches, the whole coaching staff is back. Everyone knows what they ex- are expected of, is what's expected of them. And I just want to see him stay healthy, stay on the field, and contribute. What I would call a successful year for him is probably going to be three interceptions and, and maybe take one of them back. Wow, that's pretty lofty for both the second round pick and a, a kid who really hasn't played all that many games. I think that probably, honestly, I think a successful season for him, in my opinion, and I was pretty high on him last year, but I think for him this year, you're looking at just seeing the field, you know, on on those, uh, uh, on the sets where they're going to bring in that nickel corner and not being embarrassed. I think if if he can do that, I think that'd be successful. But will uh, he will he be that nickel corner? Because look, we bought in we bought in a safety this year, who they say is the best all around safety. So you have um, twenty. Oh my God, what's his name? I, I want I want, I'm about to say McLeod McLaurin McCain uh, McCain Bobby McCain Bobby McCain McCain. You got McCain. Got him for cheap again, right? You got McCain. You have um, our our guy um, Cam. Right. And then you got special. He's good. Yeah. And you got Butler, who's the natural safety. So what are you going to do? You're going to pull Bobby McCain off or uh, you ain't pulling Cam off. They did that before. And then with the corner, if they bring him in because he's physical Mm -hmm. and you could put Kendall in the slot, does he make the field? 
maybe in dime packages, right? So he has to. I, I'm 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 truly with you, but like I said, he he should be playing fast, knowing where he needs to be, maybe to use some of his savvy to bait some of the quarterbacks and and, and pick off a couple, you know. So yeah, but I I do agree with you, uh, contributing and and, and playing the whole season. I had to look it up. Cam Cam Curl saw seventy nine percent of the snaps, so he was definitely on the field as as much as possible. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice actually was twenty eight point seventy three percent of snaps, a little bit higher than I was thinking that he was. Like, I mean, he missed quite a few games. Yeah, that's for him to have still made that uh, that quarter mark of snap counts is, uh, I think, pretty pretty outstanding. So yeah, he he played in nine games and only started three. And then there's a lot of special teams yep. that he ended up playing as well. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, he needs, you're right. Maybe not three, three picks with one bringing back, but he definitely needs to up that snap count and be effective. Whether or not he will, it'll be interesting. I've said, I said it on your show last night and I, I'll say, I've said it quite a few times that third safety is more important than third yes. linebacker. So when they pull it off, it's going to be a safety that's coming out there. Uh, but Benjamin St. Just is a, a different built kind of corner there. So he is yeah. taller. He's lankier. He's got some speed. So we'll see what we can get out of that, that third round pick. Shout out to my man, Kurt here in the chat. We're talking sophomore seasons. Who do you, what do you expect from our sophomores, Kurt? Let us know here in the chat. Commander Lorian thinks JDR was right on the money assessing the team's mindset last year. They got drunk on their own hype. Overconfident. Now, after eating all that humble pie, they should be super hungry. And oh my god! If yes, only, they should. Command yes, they should. If only. Oh man, this defense. I do think. I mean, you look at the first round picks. You look at you know the potential there with uh, William Jackson the third, and you know with Cam Curl, who's a seventh round pick, but it's been showing out. They really could be again a top five defense. But they went into last year thinking they were a top five defense, and they got smacked in the mouth, and they got smacked in the mouth hard. Yeah. Uh, and so hopefully this year they can actually live up to the hype. You know, maybe less talk from uh, from uh, Chase Young and and Montez Sweat there about breaking the uh, the sack record, the duo sack record, and actually breaking the duo sack yeah. record would be pretty nice as well. Let's uh, move on to our last pick from last year that was in the top 100. This is one one of the things uh, uh, pick that we talked here on the show about is if you can't really be labeled a bust if you're outside the top 100, you got to have that top 100, you know, aspirations. So it's kind of it, there's it's kind of a like because if you're a seventh rounder and you get you know you're on the practice squad, is that really a bust? I don't know that that's really a bust, right? So it's just like if you have if you're a top 100 pick. And you don't play well, and you end up being you know out of the league in a couple of years. That is bust potential there. And maybe this guy that we're going to talk about next, pick round three, pick number eighty-two from last year. It's Deami Brown, yep. wide receiver out of North Carolina. Lots of people excited about him early on. Really thought that he was going to just play very well for the team. Then Fitzpatrick goes down after like ten plays. And you just don't see Deami Brown making an impact at all. I personally feel like that was a little bit mixture of both the fact that he was a rookie and the fact that Taylor Heineke didn't have the arm to really get him 
the ball when he was opening up. How did you feel about Deami Brown? Um, okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is he, you look like you're the cat who ate the canary. You've been oh. smiling during that whole thing. Like yes. oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait to jump in here. Can't wait to jump in here. First off, let me say a shout out to EP and Mrs. Perry. Thank you for raising such a fine young man. Uh, now, let me get right on in here. Terry McLaurin was drafted in the fourth round, right? Third. And, Terry, Terry's yeah, a third. Terry, I'm sorry, Terry's a third. Terry's a third rounder. I just looked at four, four years. Third rounder, uh, lower than uh, – Diami, right? Around the same area. Yeah, I'm going to double check here for you. They were just, they were convinced that Terry was coming in to play special teams. Yeah. But yeah, Terry absolutely. had a, Terry had a different mindset. I'm going to come play special teams, but I'm going to be a great wide receiver. And he came in and Terry has not had the same quarterback every year, but he's made an impact. He's made himself a mm -hmm. player on the field. Available. So is, yeah. is, is one of them. And then he's also just, he's always open. 76, 76 overall pick, by the way. Terry. So he was, he was picked uh, six picks ahead of uh, where Deami yeah. Brown was. Six, just six picks. He's still in the top 100. And you caught 12 passes. You did not make any plays, but you made all the plays in college, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's his confidence in himself or are we as fans giving him an out saying, oh, it's the quarterback's fault? Well, Terry caught a thousand yard. He had a thousand yard receiver last it's year. One of the big, big uh, pluses for Terry McLaurin when you're talking about him against uh, players like AJ Brown, right. uh, DK Metcalf, is right. he performs regardless of who's there at QB and he's had some stinkers. The most important position on the field, this guy's not had consistency with. We will say that for Terry and give it a check up. But a receiver is a receiver for a reason. If it's in my area, I'm going to go catch it. And you only made yourself available for 12 catches. Yes, we as fans may say, hey, we see him running down the field and Taylor just doesn't have the arm to get it to him. Okay, but what about the crossing routes that he you know, didn't catch? What about the slants that he didn't catch? Because if you can't, we can't get it to you that way, we can give you a slant because Terry caught a slant and took it to the house. Mm -hmm. Right? So... I don't know, man. I'm just not happy with Deami Brown. Um, we have Carson Wentz now, a strong arm quarterback. So um, let's go. Uh, a really yeah. successful year. Kurt, Kurt mentioned that uh, QB that can sling it might be the thing, the ticket. But isn't the wide receiver room getting a little crowded now? I mean, oh, you just yeah. picked the number one pick this year to kind of do a lot of the same things that Deami was supposed to be a specialist at, right? So, that deep ball, those catching those 50-50. Is he the odd one looking in? Well, I, I tell you what. I would hate to be a defensive coordinator and see this lineup come at me. Terry, Curtis Samuel. Um, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson and Deami Brown. Oh, you're going to put Deami in there. Not I'm Logan like, Thomas or Cole I, Turner. If I put four wides on the field, right? And now let's put J.D. McKissick in the backfield. Who you doubling? Remember, we talked about this yesterday on my podcast. Now I'm dictating to you as a defensive mm -hmm. coordinator, you're going to put your third safety on the field or you're going to put your nickel or dime back on the field, and that's who we're targeting. 
right? This is what's going to happen to the, the guy that every one of us wanted at safety uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Everybody wanted Kyle Hamilton, right? Kyle Hamilton is going to step Guilty. on the, he's, he's going to step on the field in the AFC for Baltimore. And if you look at their schedule, they are playing some monster quarterbacks this year. And they're going to say, hey, where's number 14 at? And mm. that's where they're going to going to test them early and often. So if you put all that speed on the field for us, right? Look at the secondaries we're playing against. Look at how we feasted against the Giants last year, right? What are the Eagles going to do? They just cut Bradbury, right? They just cut Bradbury. What are they going to do? What is Giants Dallas- cut Bradbury, right? No, the Giants. The Giants. The Giants cut Bradbury. What is Dallas going to do? Come on now, number seven can't be everywhere. Yeah, that, well, he's overrated anyways, and I I'll say that, that straight to our oh, Dallas, oh, uh, the Dallas fandom that is out there. That man is overrated. Oh! Cap score? Caps just scored. I got to put the game up uh, over here to the left, but I do have some stats here. Deami Brown uh, played in 15 games. He started six of those. You mentioned the 12 catches. That was only on 25 targets. That's not a lot of targets. You know, he is a third round pick. It used to be wide receivers took three years. You know, there was that, that was that magic number, right? That magic season was that third season. I want to see, I was, I was one of the ones who was very excited for De'Ami Brown. I, I want to see more. I do wonder, we're talking about the fact that Wentz can sling it, but here's the thing. He also likes bigger wide receivers. Is this where Cam Sims, you know, comes to play? You know, we're going to talk about during the game, the uh, Cole Turner as the fifth round tight end, who is just a you know six foot seven monster. Was, uh, you know, is Diami going to be see enough targets? He saw twenty nine percent of the snaps last year, but he again only saw twenty five targets. You know, and with Jahan Dotson out there again, I wonder if he's just going to be too far down on the depth chart to really make an impact. But so I do like that. I do like that four wide out set that you brought up because you you just pretty much run the that Madden play, right? Just the, you know everybody goes everybody goes deep and Wentz just chucks it every every game every time. Well, here here's another thing too, right? Um, with the addition of Jahan Dotson, don't forget about you know you still got Cam Sims, right? And then you still have um, McKissick that you could put out there too. Yeah, so, McKissick I mean, is a good good receiver. Gibson, especially with Robinson now in the fold, Gibson could be moved out there. I just don't know that there's going to be enough passes to go around. I'm going to look at Taylor Heineke's stats real quick and just add a few few passes to that. Maybe, obviously, I don't know if they're going to necessarily hold Wentz to these numbers here, but he made 494 attempts, which actually I think is fair, right? If you're looking at 500, 500 attempts, you know, you know, and a completion rating, hopefully in, in, in the mid to, to high 60s. So, you know, is that going to be enough? I mean, you got to figure Terry McLaurin is going to see uh, 130 of those, 500, right? Well, that's what he saw last year was 130. Remember our four-game winning streak? During our four-game winning streak, we rushed the ball more than we ran the ball, um, more than we passed the ball, right? Mm-hmm. So you cannot you, – if, if you take that out, out – because at the beginning they had this guy attempted like 40 plus passes, like in the Denver game, I believe he had 40 something plus attempts, right? It's either Denver or the game before that, maybe green Bay, but he's not that guy. 
And, and our formula was run the ball, which we did versus Tampa Bay. So I believe we had something like 20 pass attempts in that game right there. We had a 10-minute drive in the Tampa Bay game, right? So if that's if that's Carson, um, maybe Carson gets about 25 to 30 passes, 25 to 30 passes, and we're more balanced with our run-pass ratio. But for, for Taylor, when we went heavy run, we won the game. Mm-hmm. Right. We won the game. And now and, and nobody respected our wide receivers. So this year, if you come out and you're coming at us, and you don't respect our wide receivers. You want to load up the box because we have a sledgehammer now, too. Um, we will then bang you over the head and make you back up. We have a coverage dictator and Jahan Dotson, which if you put Jahan and Diami on the same side, you want to run to one you run one to the post and one run one straight down Whew. with that with that's with both of their speeds yeah it's going to be pretty good so, Kurt, i agree with you man there's some options we have a good problem here that there, there's finally some weapons here on this offense and this is where i'm going to disagree with toothpick on a little bit you know i i did say after this draft that ron had a plan after the 2022 draft here ron had a plan and it was very clear Stop the run and run the ball. You saw that with his second overall pick. You saw that with his third overall pick. And I think that's what we're going to talk about here in a little bit when we go to the game. Let's just finish up the real quick. Those were the top 100 picks from last year. Any of the other picks from last year that you're expecting some decent or good things from? Um, Last year, last year. Uh, so give you, I'll give you the names. John Bates in the fourth. You had Derek Forrest in the fifth. Cameron Cheeseman in the sixth. William Bradley King, who's been missing off of the team's page when it comes to the depth chart, which is pretty interesting. Uh, Shaka Tony, who I feel like has got it in because he's he's buddy-buddy with the rest of the defense there. So I think he might be seeing a little bit more playtime. And he had Dax Milne also in the seventh. Well, Dax is the one – that has to take a big leap to make the field this year. Right. But I think if he, if he, if he didn't, if he didn't learn how to catch punts or return kicks, he might be headed to the practice squad. Cause no. they did just, they did just pick up the, the punt returner from Cincy, but he has to return a punt or a kick to secure a spot this year. But especially on, on the field as a wide receiver, he has to show something from that slot position to make them look. Kind of take else. over the Humphreys role, right? Yeah, you know, he, where, he has to. He has to was. embrace that role and love it. Um, but I, um, my Penn Stater, my Penn Stater, Shaka Tony is the one I'm expecting so, uh, another big jump from. And the reason for this jump is this: the rotation now, our depth on our defensive line, him and William Bradley King, um, they should be into the rotation. This will keep Chase and um, Montez good for the end of the game and later into the season, the 18-game season. So you got to get those guys in. And Mathis, oh, my God, I just, that big. That big dude, man. <laughs> they, Listen, needed, our- they needed that rotation. We're going to get to Mathis here in a little bit. Uh, shout out P4 and Tanner joining the chat as well. Uh, shout out, I think, uh, so Command This. That's uh, Steve coming in from the Command This podcast. Check out their challenge as well. The Hawk TV brought up the collaboration between Ref the District here and First Stream. What up, Hawk Absolutely TV? love to see it as well. Tyrone going he, – we're going to the Super Bowl, right? We're going to the chip. I'll, That's I'll happening here. We'll see. Uh, we'll see coming up. We'll be talking schedule in the cool down 
Coming up here, though, in the game, we're going to be talking about the rookies from this year. The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. Welcome back to the game. Now we're going to be talking. It's been, the rookie mini camp just happened. We got to see them and some burgundy and gold. Those helmets look amazing. Oh my lord! I want one of those helmets. And I want. I want it back here. EP, you hearing me? You're watching. I know you're watching. It would look really good with that Jonathan Allen uh, signed jersey back there. Just going to put that out there. You have the Commandalorian helmet behind you. I've seen no. you wear it. That's not dope. That's oh, no, sorry. That's uh, that's the uh, Cobra, Cobra Commander. Commander. Yeah, yeah, Cobra Commander. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we have the Commandalorian in our uh, in our chat here. He says our office was more limited. Our offense was more limited last year because the defense couldn't get off the field on third down. If the D gets off the field, our offense should feast on our opponents. Here's one thing I think is super underrated: the, the offense, the defense feed into each other, right? Yeah, they do. I, I know some people say this, but I don't. It, more people need to feel this, understand this. The better the offense is, the longer the defense gets to rest, and the better the defense will be, which will put the offense in positions to score. So we need them to kind of do better. You can't have games where the offense is balling out and the defense is stinking or what happened quite a bit over the last couple of years, the defense was keeping the, you know, the game close enough that the offense should win. And that just wasn't happening. Uh, Washington's offense has been pretty pitiful. They added some firepower here in this draft first pick. That was what, what most of us wanted. I wanted Kyle Hamilton. If he was there at 11, they traded back. And the thing I wanted more than Kyle Hamilton was an offensive playmaker, but you just couldn't pass up on a talent like Kyle Ham- uh, Hamilton for some of the players that people were mentioning. Kyle Hamilton off the board, though, at number 14. And Jahan Dotson ends up being the pick at number one. Toothpick, let's go over your reaction. How did that how, how how did that feel for you? First, let's go all the way back. I'm, I'm going to do the timeline thing I do with my boys here on Ref the District. Washington's on the clock. Kyle Hamilton's out there. Chris Olave's out there. Jamison Williams is out there. How are you feeling as the clock was ticking down and Washington's about to make that pick at 11? I believed it was Chris Olave. Oh, no. Oh, Olave went next. I believed it was going to be uh, Chris Olave. You know, but then the trade came in, we moved back. Uh, and then New Orleans takes them. Yeah. And surprised surprised us on at FedEx. Like we just could not believe a lot of people were chanting, like, you know, when they when they traded back, you know, Trev was upset. He was not part of team trade back. And then there they thought Washington trades back and they're still gonna get Chris Olave and then he's gone. Yeah. Well, I understood the trade. I knew what we needed. I like that. I like that right there. That one's good. Oh, Me- yeah. Metaphor here with uh, Jahan Solo, reception smuggler from a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> yes, I like that. Love it. Um, <laughs> I, I I just thought we were going to get a lot of it. I know I knew of Jahan Dotson for two reasons. One, I watch Big Ten football, Maryland. My wife is 
uh, from Ohio. So I, I watch Ohio State. And this guy straight murdered Denzel Ward. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Denzel Ward was coming out number one corner. He was, he was highly, highly ranked. He, and and he went out there and just did him dirty. And if it wasn't for Terry McLaurin in that block that freed up Campbell, or was it Campbell or Samuels? It was one of them. They would have lost that game, right? Terry took out four people in a block, and and the guy scoots down the road. So I knew of this kid, and me and my son, we looked at each other. We said the same thing that we said about Saquon Barkley. This guy's going to be a problem. We got that problem now. This, he's 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 our he, not our problem, I guess. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is other teams are looking like, oh, this guy's a problem. Man, I, I like the pick. I understood what was happening, but when I dug deeper into him, because because I was stuck on Chris Olave, I was stuck on uh, Garrett Wilson, and then if it wasn't him, I'll, I'll Drake London is who I was looking at as well. But then I, I looked back and I was like, oh, my God, that's right. This kid didn't drop any passes. He dropped three passes, three passes his whole football season last year. And if you can't respect that, that means that he concentrates on his – he concentrates on his catches. He got better in his route running. There are still things he needs to improve, but he's coming in to help us right away. So I was very excited about the pick. And this goes back to Deami Brown. With all of the things that these kids do between high school or not even in high school, seven-on-seven seven passing camps, right now I'm there's a high school like literally across the street from me the wide receivers, running backs, they're out there practicing now. I'm in Texas. Texas loves football. Mm-hmm. Um, so these wide receivers are coming in and they're bursting on the scene. Watch this year. There's going to be some freshmen in Big Ten, SEC, um, ACC, Pac-12, whatever. They're going to burst onto the scene as a freshman because these guys practice so much route running. And, you, and the defense can't touch them. Don't forget that part, too. Defenses can't touch the guy. So. Yeah, he his feet, the footwork on him is just outstanding. And uh, I'm going to shout out P-Dub here. What's up? Uh, it's uh, Commander West uh, showing up here. And I'm going to pull up this. Steve, I'm not happy about this comment here. And I'd also disagree with you. Uh, Command This Podcast. This is Steve from the Command This Podcast. Unpopular opinion. Dotson is Terry's replacement after they franchise Terry next year and he moves on. Well, I think Terry- a deal gets done. What do you think, Vic? I did this. I did this um, on on first string podcast. We we went with the four guys who were up. We went with uh, uh, Debo Samuel's, AJ Brown, um, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and Terry. Right, and we did mm-hmm. tag. Uh, we did sign, trade, or tag. Right. Nice. We, we trade. We traded DK. Right, and he's still out there. He may not get signed. We traded DK. Uh, say it traded. Uh, AJ Brown signed Devo and signed Terry. Right, Terry's getting done. Now the problem with the deal is this: Had we done the deal two months ago, it'd have been about twenty three, twenty four per, maybe even cheaper. Right, but AJ Brown just signed for twenty five per. If you look at their numbers and you go back and you look at their numbers, the only person that has more receiving yards than Terry is AJ Brown. AJ Brown's the only one. So you you gotta sign him. He's signing for 25 plus. The longer Terry waits, the more money he gets. We're not losing Terry. Uh, but you still gotta keep in mind because we're 
Deron Payne's going to play his butt off this year. He's going to cash in. He's going to play his butt off and cash in, and we're going to we're going to make the smart choice of signing Terry and drafting uh, Deron Payne's replacement again. Well, we already got one replacement, but his backup next year. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty interesting as far as X's are. I don't think Dotson's going to be the replacement for Terry. I think if anything, you're probably going to see Curtis Samuel play out his three years, and Curtis Samuel's going to be the one who's going to be moving on. Yep. and that's that's fine. I think that uh, Curtis Samuel is a great wide receiver, and I think he should be a solid number two uh, if he were healthy last year. wasn't healthy. Now you got someone like Jahan Dotson to pair with Terry McLaurin. Terry is a little bit older than some of those other uh, wide receivers who who are due for some deals, but he is too important to this team. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because his Jersey's literally hanging right behind me. I'm, uh, but uh, he is a part of the rebrand, right? He's yep. a part of everything that, that, that uh, you know, is part of it. Um, you know, Steve's, Steve's going on here saying that they should have signed him when early on. And that's probably true. I mean, what Christian Kirk was the first one to go. And that was just an insane deal. Stupid yeah. deal. Plus, Stupid plus deal. All, every wide receiver who was looking for a payday was so thankful that 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 uh, that Kirk got such a good deal there. And AJ Brown deal. I mean, Ron talked about it. He said that yeah, well, they're two different players. It's not going to be the same. Deal's going to get done. Jahan Dotson is going to be a special player. What's going to be successful? We had some of the guys for, uh, on our on our Twitter account talking about how some fans won't be happy unless he gets seventeen touchdowns. Uh, to which we quipped back like that's that's the baseline, right? You know, uh, but five to seven is probably more realistic. What do you think when it comes to that? Um, <clears throat> I like to see eight to ten. I eight like to ten th- touchdowns, really. Eight to ten, because listen, with the attention going away from him to the speedy guys, right? Because before we didn't have anybody that dictated. You know, Terry would get double team. But, you know, he can beat anybody one-on-one. So if Diami comes out and catches a, a, a deep pass in the first quarter, and then now Jahan Dotson comes out and catches a deep pass in the second quarter, now you put them two on the same side, you got Terry one-on-one on the other side. And Terry can make anybody pay, right? So he and, and, and he's not getting caught from behind. Uh, and, you know, some crazy angle or whatever may happen. But I, I, I would like to see him with 8 to 10 because remember that conversation last year. Is Terry – uh, top 10 wide Okay, so you're talking 10 for Terry McLaurin. I was talking Jahan Dotson. I was thinking 10, oh, no. 10 touchdowns no. for Jahan Dotson? That's, that's pretty, that's my, that's that's pretty steep. Bad. Yeah, no, yeah, we're talking rookies uh, as far as trying try to get us back on track my to bad. the rookies because we, deta- we detoured. We which dig it off. The, we, the comments brought us there for Terry's uh, Terry's uh, contract. I think t- it has he has to hit double-digit TDs, uh, and I think if he does, then I think that more, more people will put him – in, in the echelon that Washington fans put Terry McLaurin, yeah. right? We I think see. that he's a top 15. If he gets double digits plus 1,200 yards, I think that people will start to respect his name. But on Jahan Dotson. Five. Five? So if five. I said if I said it at four and a half, you're taking the over? I'm taking the over. I'm taking okay. five. But if I did five and a half, you'd take the under? Yes. Okay. That's good to know. If at first string podcast, see. they love to, they love to do the bets. So I had to, I had to throw in that over under there for him. Yeah. The go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, um, the reason I can see five is because I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's so many balls to go around. 
right? You got Curtis Samuels, who, who should be healthy. You got J.D. McKissick, who should be healthy. You got Terry, who's going to be healthy. Our other rookie that we're going to get to, Cole Turner. That's a red zone target seven right red there. Zone That's target, a red zone absolutely. target. So if you get Logan caught, Thomas when he's healthy is six foot five, another red zone target. Right. So those are those people are going to take away from that rookie. But we're going to get that rookie going. I say five touchdowns. You know, five touchdowns somewhere about fifty balls. Okay, that's not too bad. I think average targets for the wide receivers from the from 2018 first round wide receivers, they targeted were targeted, I think, 70 times caught 31 passes was the was the average. Uh, Steve's got to run from command this. Make sure you check out the command this podcast. That's a rebrand from the Washington football addicts. Shout out to him and the $2 donation through the super chat. Of course, we always appreciate anybody who uses the super chat. Uh, we appreciate the support and love the interaction that we get, even if you don't necessarily pay to do that. Um, Jahan Dotson, I'm going to throw out here like this. I expect 735 yards and three touchdowns. I think that's what we're looking at. And I think honestly, if that's what he gets, but here's the, I think here's the bigger thing. I think if Carson Wentz throws for 30 plus touchdowns, I don't care who's catching them. Right. I don't care if Jahan Dotson only catches three or two or one. If he throws for 30, it probably means that the offense is cooking and that's just a good thing for, for Washington. Right. But uh, yeah, I just feel like you, you brought up a lot of things, right? There's, there's, there's bigger uh, wide, there's bigger targets for when we're in the red zone. We had uh, metaphor bring up Robinson, who we'll be getting to a little bit later. Yep. You know, they're going to be running the ball. Gibson, uh, Gibson scores at a, at a huge clip. That's one of the things that he's been very successful at is scoring touchdowns. Now you're going to have Robinson on top of that. They're going to be a very effective, hopefully a very effective team in the, in the red zone. And I just don't know that Jahan Dotson's necessarily going to get that based off of his size. But then again, Terry McLaurin, they're not, he's too, not, he's not too far off from Terry McLaurin's size. And, uh, Terry can score in from anywhere as well. So it'll be interesting, but that's my guess. 735 and three touchdowns. You're going on the over for the TDs. What about the 735 yardage? What do you think for, for that? Do you think that's that's reasonable? You said 50 catching 50 passes. That's, you know, 50 for 735. Is that fair enough? Uh, I'll take that down to about six something. Six something? Yeah, about six something. Oh, they're in danger. Um, question: Caps, caps how, in danger. How how many? I, I, I could look this up while you go on to the next one. But Deshaun Jackson's rookie year, right? Because that's I who everyone compares him to, right? Is Deshaun? Deshaun that's one of the ones that they're bringing up. Right. Um, you know, they also bring some people have brought up Steve uh, Smith Jr. Uh, you've had a lot of uh, Santana Moss is another name that keeps keeps bring, uh, being brought up as well. Uh, Deshaun Jack- Jackson, his t- rookie season, he had 62 receptions for 912 yards and only two touchdowns. And his running mate, I believe, was um, – oh, I can't say his last name right now. Um, hmm. Started with him at uh, Macklin, Jeremy Macklin. Right? Oh, yeah, I loved Macklin. He was he so had- good. He had Macklin, but Deshaun Jackson, with all that top-end speed, only had two touchdowns is what I'm hearing, right? Mm-hmm. Two, two touchdowns. And Terry's not a Macklin. He's better than Macklin. 
in my in my humble opinion, who am I? I'm just a podcaster with their own opinion. That's all Hashtag I am. Just a fan. That's all I am, right? And and so I think I'm not saying he's better than Deshaun Jackson, but if I, if he gets five touchdowns, man, just call me uh, Nostradamus. That you know, actually wasn't even Macklin for there. If you want to actually look at their rushing and receiving, it looks like they had um, Reggie Brown, L.J. Smith, Hank Basket. is a oh, name I haven't heard in a long time. That's yeah, right. Kevin Curtis, Jason Avant. These were the other people. So, not a whole lot of mouths to feed on that that particular right. offense. Uh, so maybe a little bit more targets came out his way than might be coming out for Jahan. Uh, but, I mean, I still think that that's still, like I said, pretty solid here when you're talking the stats for uh, Deshaun that I brought up. You know, 120 targets. That's probably a little high for what I expect for Jahan. 62 right. receptions. You know, we're talking about being in the 50 range. So I think yeah. 735. Where with 50 catches and two two to three touchdowns, I think that's a really good uh, rookie year based off of the fact that we're expecting this offense. You know, one of the things that I think Scott Turner does want to do is he wants to spread the ball around. You know, he's not yeah. going to necessarily, he, you know, we have these targets. And so that's something I think that we'll, uh, you know, see here. Metaphor bringing up the vertical of Jahan, uh, Jahan Solos. Really love that name, by the way. We need someone to do a mock-up of that. We need someone to do, you know, get 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 him uh, maybe for Halloween. We'll see see that one happen. Uh, Jahan Solo's thirty-six inch vert makes him a six-four receiver compared to the big boys at tight end and their hops. You're not wrong, and he catches like he attacks the ball right. He he does several things well that I think fans should be excited about. His route running being one of them. His speed is great as well. But he also he attacks the ball. He doesn't wait for the ball to come to him. That's one of the things that I've been kind of upset with Terry is that he he does a lot more body catching than I would like to see. Uh, Jahan Dotson just absolutely tries to dominate that ball. Uh, let's move on to the other picks that we had there. You brought up Fedarian Mathis. This has been yes. a big topic. A lot of people were upset with this. I've brought up several times here. They had to replace the 55 percentage of snaps that they just lost and Matt Ioannidis. You also add in the Tim Settle snaps that were missing as well. I think that it was just a smart value pick at number at, with the second overall pick there at 47. Not what I expected. You know, did not expect them to go defensive tackle, but after looking at what they really needed and his, his play, Fidari Mathis's playability, I'm not necessarily upset. Well, this one is the one that surprised me. I was thinking at this point in time, linebacker, safety. I really like the safety out of Baylor. I believe he was still on the board right now at, at that point in time. So I was expecting uh, something. No, was he on the board? I'm not sure. Uh, I have to go back and look. But I was expecting to go in a different direction. I wasn't expecting to go there. And now that I look and see what he does as I dug in, dug into him a little more, um, he's a run stopper. We have a terrible run defense, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not to mention that, you know, linebackers are getting jumped on. This guy is not going to be moved. Um, Allen, Payne, they both get moved in the run. So on first downs, this is where I expect him to make his money at this year. Um, second and third down, I expect uh, John Allen and Deron Payne in the game. 
um, causing havoc. But I think they're hey, you're you're going to stop everything in the middle and let the linebacker try to flow. So I'm I'm, yeah. looking, I'm looking forward so, to him. some improved linebacker play would be nice. But Mathis up there, you know, taking up a couple of blockers, letting those linebackers get in there would be pretty good. Tommy T, shout out to you in the chat here. Uh, mentions that Fedarian Mathis can play nose as well. Right. One of the things that this this defense does love to run is that five man front. And seeing Mathis in the center, you bring Allen and Payne on either side, and then you've got Sweat and Chase Young on the flanking there. That's a pretty intimidating front five. Hopefully they'll be able to get to the quarterback, stop the run, do what they need to do to be successful. I don't want to see that five-man front. I don't like the five-man front? No, I I want the four-man front. I want two linebackers. I want that third safety in there. That's good. I think that's fair. I think, but I think when they run the five man front, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's a five one, or is it uh, five two as well? I'll put Polly on that because um, he was the guy that <laughs> he he tracked that for us. But um, literally, literally, man, I just I, that five man front just it it, it, it it, you're trying I to think get it can work, but it, it, it's 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 definitely something risky. You have to get to the QB here. Kevin brings up the the thing that actually I was upset with, and I think we put out my video of my uh, self uh, not being happy with the Fedarian Mathis pick because I wanted Brisker. I thought Brisker was the smart pick. I will say I have come along with Percy here in the fourth, so that's pretty good. Shout out yeah. Garrett in the chat. Tommy T does correct me. It is a 5-2. So, a five two. So yeah. um so they they're only running the two linebackers they, and they're not running so they're running that in place of a linebacker and then they're running the same db set that they would normally um yeah i metaphor bringing up that uh wanted brisker then get a defensive tackle in the fourth especially if you're looking for a run stopper right that's right something you can get in there um oh garrett Tom, thomas is uh, g from, from the shop, the shop. Yeah, there you go uh g from the shop joining us here in the chat as well you know, let's move on to our last pick within the top 100 for this year. That was Brian Robinson Jr., another pick that surprised me. I figured they were going to pick a running back. I did think running back was a need. Now, my wife might come down here and kill me because she loves Jarrett freaking Patterson, uh, but he just wasn't really what Washington was looking for. They get a they get somebody who is, a, I think, has a better skill set overall in Robinson. What do you expect from him this first season? Um, I expect him not to put the ball on the ground. Uh, I expect him to come in, uh, not a pass catcher, not our pass catcher, but what I expect is red zone and uh, third and short, you know, three, two, one. Um, that's what I expect from him. Patterson, they tried to do that with him last year. Remember, uh, a lot of short down a lot of short down yardage. They try to put Patterson in as maybe a little late in the season, but um, he didn't get it done. So Robinson's a bigger body. He protects the ball well. And remember we benched Gibson a couple of times last year for putting the ball on the ground. And Gibson had a, mm-hmm. a bad habit of putting the ball on the ground when we needed Fumbled him to six protect times the ball. last year. Yep. That he did bounce back from those. Every time he was benched, he came back and he played with, uh, with some passion. I think that's pretty good. Now we, I showed up that comment there from Steve from command this podcast, which one is the odd one out? I do think it's, it's gotta be Patterson, right? You gotta, you figure the three man, you know, back situation is going to be Gibson 
then Robinson coming in on the first the first couple downs, and then you have JD McKissick as your third down back. Uh, do you see it going differently? Um, no, no. I see, I see. Just like you said, McKissick is the third down bar, third down back, mixing Robinson in there every now and again, um, keeping some of that wear and tear off of Gibson because he is, you know, he's been hurt. You know, foot. You know everything. He's he's been hurt. He gets banged up when he's when he's not running behind his pads. So I think this literally was a wake up call for Gibson as well too. Um, yeah, get your stuff together. And if anybody's not working really hard like he should be this year, um, number eight is he wearing number eight? Number eight's going to be the replacement for number twenty four. Now, now Gibson has had he had a thousand yards rushing last mm-hmm. year. He's had eighteen touchdowns. And his two seasons with Washington, does he crack the ten touchdown mark this year? He he cracked it technically both both years. Eleven rushing his uh, rookie year, and then seven and three uh, rushing and receiving touchdowns last year. Does he crack ten touchdowns overall? Gibson, yeah, no. Because you think Robinson's really going to eat into that steal much? Some of those. He's going to steal some of those those uh, goal line carries. He's going to take some of those goal line carries from him. Um, so no, he doesn't. He's. A, I mean, the only way I see it is if he breaks long, you know, long runs uh, and doesn't get caught inside the ten or you know, and anything inside the five. Uh, Robinson's coming in. That's a that's a hammer, man. Like, uh, a lot of people expect him to kind of take that. Uh, uh, Peyton Barber role where, you know, running, running two yards on a third and three. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to get that one out there. I'm sorry. The uh, uh, hopefully Robinson's a little bit more effective, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what it is. Uh, shout out again uh, to G from the shop. Uh, Ref the district. Great podcast. Keep it up. Appreciate you, man. Uh, we also have Gunny who is Polly. Uh, they, they keep they Polly Polly didn't didn't like my comment that we got to cut a running back so he's he says uh, f you Nathan they keep in four running back shout out to Polly as well um metaphor agrees is he's is Gibson's gonna lose some touches here in in this uh this backfield I I honestly think that might be great for Gibson because I think that they might be able to use him as a receiver in the same way that they use J.D. McKissick. I think keeping him fresh might be he, – he can hit home runs, right? That's what he was known for. Yep. The guy touched the ball 33 times at Memphis and, like, scored how many touchdowns and ran how many yards? Like, the, the guy is very explosive, so hopefully this pick here with Robinson in the third round this year will get, you know, will get Gibson, you know, some – some more exciting plays for Washington. I, I what do What do you think the stat line though is going to be for Brian Robinson this year? If I uh, over under eight and a half touchdowns, uh, I'm gonna go under. You're gonna go under. What are you expecting from him? Um, I'm expecting maybe five to six, five to six touchdowns. Um, maybe one receiving touchdown. Rushing touchdowns five to six. Maybe one receiving where they instead of handing them the ball, they just drift them out, all the linebackers are sucking in, and you hit them on a little something on the side, uh, out the backfield, because he de- he can't catch. And then you got to remember, these Alabama running backs, they come into the league after waiting their turn, and they mm-hmm. get stronger in the league, mm-hmm. right? So I do think Robinson came in with still, uh, I think he was top one of the 
running backs this rookie year with uh, five uh, was like in the top five for touches for the run, mm-hmm. running backs that were selected. So he actually did see a little bit more play than than others, but he didn't see a troubling amount of play because you right. want your running backs to have experience, but you don't want to have, have them been run into the ground already because the league only gets harder, and that's going to be very interesting. Metaphor, very yeah. bullish Whoa. on uh, on Robinson here. Ten touchdowns, going taking the, that over on on – would I put it at seven and a half? Seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. He's taking the over. I I think I would also I, I would probably take the under, but I, I'm I'm not as uh, confident in that. I do I can see a world where he gets to eight, but uh, I I think that you're still going to be able to use Gibson. I think that mm-hmm. with Carson Wentz there, especially if he's given some free reign to Audible, then he might take the opportunity to hit Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, uh, Terry McLaurin, or, or, you know, even Jahan Dotson there playing, you know, uh, with his, uh, his fancy footwork. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he does land Brian Robinson. Uh, but I do think it was a fairly solid pick there. And I, I love picking back JD in this mix, but I do think he's actually the one who's probably going to see even less touches. You're going to see him more as just that third down back. You're going to see him spread out wide um, as a wide receiver, which is great, but you're not going to see him running through the tackles, which I think that he was somewhat productive when they had that, but largely because if you see J.D. McKissick out there, you're figuring it's going to be a pass play. But his draws so he, were pretty special as well. His draws were special. Yeah, so that's going to work. Uh, Tommy T bringing up the fact that the end of last season, they struggled when missing JD and Gibson, that Robinson is some insurance. That's fair enough. Yep. We'll move on uh, pretty quickly here through the the last picks as far as we'll, we'll talk probably pretty heavily about Percy Butler here right now, because both of us agree that third, that third safety is so important. I think in defenses now here in the NFL and Percy Butler looks really good. Now, the butler is going to be the one that did it. So y'all might as well get that ready. (laughs) The butler did it. Now, free safety, with all the struggles that we've had on the back end, um, I think that this kid is going to come in and he is going to show that he he knows his responsibilities, he understands what's going on, and he's not going to get beat over the top. Most natural free safety in the draft, and the butler is for real going to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. So for our safety play last year, you're looking at Bobby McCain, who saw 93, 93% of the snaps. He's back this year. Uh, then you had Cam Curl. I mentioned he played 79% of the t- uh, snaps. And I'm looking for our man here. Landon Collins played 60% of the snaps. You know, DeShazer Everett was in there for 3%. Derek Forrest was in there for 2%. It's not really a factor for that. Um Troy Apke, thank God, was never in there as a free safety. He saw himself some special teams play. Uh, Jeremy Reeves coming in late in the season after some injuries, saw 17% of the snaps. What percentage of the snaps do you think for Percy Butler, his rookie season? Um, I'm going to put him uh, – I'm going to say he's going to be third because if we don't bring back Landon, right – now you're going to have that big Buffalo nickel spot available and you can move McCain over, put uh cam, cam, cam curl down to that big, that big nickel. And you can bring Percy on as the free safety. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So that that's the third. That's how I see those, that three safety rotation working out. The only thing that would probably go against that is if you bring Holmes on, right? And then you just take McCain all the way out, and then it's, it goes up. So I'm saying somewhere about fifty to sixty percent. Um, Met- Metaphor agrees with you here. He put it at fifty percent. Uh, bullish on Robinson. Bullish on uh, on Butler. I have to. I I, I have to agree. Right. I. I, I this third safety is so important. Mm-hmm. You've got where, wherever they're going to line up, whatever they're going to do, McCain, Curl, and Butler here, the, however they want to line them up, I do think Butler gives them some flexibility. You know, he can he can play cover. You mentioned the fact that he's a true free safety. Cam Curl is definitely more of a strong safety. He would be excellent in that Buffalo nickel. But I think Percy Butler can also play that Buffalo nickel in a lot of ways because he is so fast running downfield, right? Like if you're having him attack the ball, you put in that Buffalo nickel to kind of do those short yards plays to you know catch those running backs, to be able to run with the running backs and some of the quicker tight ends. So I really like him moving in both those areas. You're right. It's going to be dependent on whether or not the team does pick back Landon Collins. I'm hearing some smoke in that, mm-hmm. that uh, the team does is okay with, you know, him coming back and he's, you know, after testing the market realizes maybe he's not worth as much as he thought he was might come back to the team that might play in there. But I think having four safeties of that caliber is a good thing for Washington with the defenses that they like to, um, that they like to run. So I'm excited about seeing him hit the field. We'll see if, uh, uh David, if he hits that 50% snap count that we're talking about. David said Fuller can play safety too, but you got to think this, right? Um, if we go to a, a sub package, right? Um, let's say nickel. Let's say we go to big nickel and we bring another corner and a safety on, take a linebacker off. And however we get this done, you can push, you can then push Fuller into the slot where he's really good mm-hmm. at, right? You can put him at the slot instead of putting him back at safety and taking the young man off the field or even bringing back Landon. If you bring back Landon Collins, you could still probably put him on the field too as well. So you're just starting to get that going because Landon doesn't have much trade left on that tire as well. No. And uh, Bobby McCain, you got to figure he's on a one-year deal now, right? Yeah, and, or I think it might be a two-year deal, a but two it's year, pretty a, cheap. Yeah, he's, right. he's, really, they got really him for really cheap. Deal. So we can start that that process up early of getting this guy on the field because he is he's played in college uh, with a lot of experience. So, yeah. Kevin Kevin's calling a shot here. Twenty percent for Percy Butler when we move Fuller to safety because we signed Bradbury. Fingers crossed. Uh, a lot of people think that Washington should sign Bradbury. Where where do you stand on that? There, uh, I'm going to say it all goes to disrespecting Terry McLaurin. He's been a perfect citizen, but if you bring another person in here and you sign them to, let's say he does sign a deal for 12 mil per, well, that's money. Uh, that he, can't, he can't be that expensive, can he? Well, he just got cut for 12 mil. Yeah, but he's because <laughs> he's, he's not worth 12 mil. Right. Right. So, I mean, he's not going to take 10 mil for two years. You know that that's not happening. He's he's going to keep he's going to scoop boot to the next team, but a one year deal, probably six to eight mil. And if you if you sign him for three to let's say four years, that's money you're taking away from Terry. 
don't think that's fair. Maybe it's just a one year prove it deal. Uh, They've been known to do that. And uh, big, big important factor here for Terry McLaurin's uh, contract is they can work it. So it doesn't necessarily hit against the cap this year. They can load it onto the cap next year. So maybe a one year deal where that all hits here and Terry's deals longer. We'll see. I I'm okay. Pulling on. I, I, I'm good with stock and good talent, right? I don't think you can go in there uh, having uh, Tory McTire as much as we liked him here on Ref the District. We interviewed his dad. I think that you know he's a you know a great person, you know, and he's a good and he's a good football player. But you want great football players, right? And and, and plus he got injured, so you gotta you gotta you know, as much as this is a passing league, getting somebody of Bradbury's talents would be nice to have. So we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. All right. Filling out the rest of the draft here, Sam Howell, Cole Turner, Chris Paul, Christian Holmes. Uh, out of those four, which one are you, which one do you think is going to have an impact within their first, we'll give them three seasons. Cause realistically these are five round five and later picks they might not even see the field uh i'm going with cole turner i'm going with cole turner a pass casting tight end um look at what they're doing i mean look i'm not comparing him in no way shape or form to these guys but just look at the the tight ends from kansas city i'm not saying he's that but look at what pass catching tight ends can do and this is a pass catching tight end. He's a big target, and he played with Carson Strong in Nevada. Come on now, y'all see Carson Strong tore it up, and everybody he, was he talking did. about you know Colt Turner, Turner didn't quite get the separation, I and mean, that's the big reason why I think he dropped to the fifth round. But he is a big target. He did look pretty fast in the videos that they're showing for minicamp. But he's also running against air, so it's a little yeah, hard yep. to tell compare comparatively how fast he actually is. But when you're six foot seven, you don't necessarily have to be faster than the guy next to you. You just have to be able to box them out. So you'll probably hear a lot of those basketball terms when it comes to Cole Turner. I have to agree. Out of out of all of them, he's probably the one who's going to see the field the most often these first few seasons. Uh, you know, second best scenario for Sam Howell is we don't see him play, right? The best don't scenario. Don't want to see for, Sam first. first don't want to see him. Right? Don't want to see him at all. No, Red start. No, best, best scenario, toothpick. You got to be honest with yourself. Best scenario for Sam Howell is he's the next Tom Brady, right? That's the best case scenario. Now, but realistically, and this is where the second best scenario comes into play for Sam Howell, is he just becomes a very good backup, maybe like Huntley just up the street here uh, in Baltimore where people want him and are willing to give up resources for him. Uh, That would be the second best scenario. But we'd never see him on the field because Carson Wentz panned out and is the QB for the next decade for the Burgundy and Gold. That's that's the second best scenario. Obviously, again, first first case scenario is again he's Tom Brady, but realistically, that's probably not going to happen, especially because my man doesn't eat steak. Oh yeah, uh, ha- yeah. You know, not hashtag not my QB one. No, <laughs> Teasing. I don't. I don't care whether or not he eats steak or not. I mean, the man does eat chicken tenders at, at like a steak restaurant, so I, I might judge a little bit, but I'm not going to judge him that harshly for his food choices. Uh, but I liked him. I thought that he was going to be taken in the second. So I thought there's some value there coming out of the fifth. But I think if you're looking at those four, Cole Turner has the opportunity to actually score touchdowns and have impact. Now, mm-hmm. the other one out of these four that I think has a strong chance at 
um, playing on this team for a long time is going to be Chris Paul. And I'm not talking that man down in Phoenix. Phoenix. He's ready to fight. He's ready to fight 14 year olds. We're talking about the guard out of Tulsa picked two and uh, with pick number 230. He, you know, I, I mentioned in the big, I like the big men in the trenches and I love grabbing them in these late rounds because you can get some really good value. And I think that he's can be good value, especially mentioned that offensive line coach that we have uh, quality there thinks that I think that we're going to have some good things here. Um, and we'll see. We mentioned uh, this Gerard. Uh, I think that they're going to look at him, but they have to cover those costs is what pick is saying is they have to be able to pay yeah. Terry. That's going to be the big thing here. Hey gents, we are wrapping up the talk here with our, our, our picks this year. When we come back for the cool down, we're going to be talking just very briefly about the schedule for the upcoming season. Come on up here on the cooldown. I want to give a shout out to all of those people in the chat sticking with us. Uh, let us know what you think of the upcoming season. Is there any game that you're looking forward to? Uh, that's the big thing, right? That's full schedule drops. There's been some leaks. I haven't actually paid attention because there's a lot of uh, misinformation going out there. But then there's some like they've already given up like what? Officially, they've given out like 10 games or something like that. Mm -hmm. Washington, not necessarily amongst those. And there's some rumor toothpick. It's going to be another Thanksgiving game. However, it's not against the team we'd want to play on Thanksgiving. It's against, well, maybe uh, that makes for a happy Thanksgiving, though, right? Against Detroit. At least at least you can just put a W right in the books right then and there. No, not for me, because uh, games we're uh, traveling to this season, uh, Indianapolis, Detroit, and Houston. So that Detroit game being on Thanksgiving, if that is fact, uh, would be uh, a bummer because uh, you don't I like spend my Thanksgiving. Cooking. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I like my wife's cooking, and I, I mean that's for. Just think about this, right? That's uh, a terrible travel because you're you're hustling and bustling to get up to Detroit on the worst travel day of the year. So I don't want that. I uh, don't want to have to deal with that. Um, but I, I would think I would just skip that game, stay home. And, yeah, uh, and, pull, and, pull a metaphor here because you can't wait to watch the Lions Thanksgiving game while making turkey and uh, GF stuffing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, oh, that's going to be it's going to be tasty. It's going to be really good. Uh, don't forget, World Cup is around that time. It's new. It's going to be England versus the USA on the Friday after yep. Thanksgiving. I'm going to be at a pub in D.C., with my brother watching that game. Uh, but obviously I'll be watching our Washington commanders on Thanksgiving. If they play that one, I love when they play on Thanksgiving, it should be against the Cowboys. It's not likely going to happen. If you look at the rumors, uh, what other games you've, you brought up some of the away games you're going to go see. So if you cross out Detroit, you brought up Houston and what was In that other one? In Annapolis. Yeah. Ooh, so Annapolis has got to be a good one. Right. Right. So, um, why Indy? Because I would love to see Carson Wentz go back there and just shut them up. Goal! Good. Another goal. Yeah. Another. So for, for those who might not be paying attention, if you look back there on Terry McLaurin's jersey on toothpick side, he is watching the game and uh, a metaphor called them out for it. Look at toothpick yeah. watching caps hockey in the background. You'll love yeah. to see it. You like it. If I didn't have stats ha on my other screen here, I would have the caps game on. Uh, absolutely. In fact, when I finish to edit this and put this up on audio platforms, it, I will have that Caps game up here to my left. 
Grayson Roberts, this is what I always look forward to in the schedule. This to me is the most important part here. Grayson wants to see when the buy is. Mm -hmm. It's you don't want an early buy, right? That week four buy is awful. You also don't want that week 14 buy. That's just as bad. That's so many games back to back. If you can get week eight, week nine, week 10, that's the sweet spot somewhere in there. And hopefully Washington can get one of those and and we'll see how it goes when it comes to that. Uh, Houston would be another good game games. for you. Yeah, the division games are good. Last year, the five games back-to-back, I don't think they're going to do that again. Hopefully it'll be two within the first five weeks, uh, two somewhere in the middle, and then the two to close out the season are fine. But yeah. any five, five, I think was too much, but it did put it as a kind of a round robin play there for the NFC East, which could be another close division this year. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Houston. Uh, I mean, maybe we just picked a bad year to go down there, but I'm looking forward to a victory down there. Uh, I would. Like Got to tell be- everyone whether or not Mill's neck is as long as it looks in all the photographs. <laughs> yeah, got to. Did they set up a draft feeding station for him? Got to check no, that teasing. neck out, see what's going on yeah. with him. But uh, yeah, it's just one of the stadiums we got to cross off. So, uh, but as far as the home uh, home games, um, of course, the Cowboy games and uh, Atlanta because of said so. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got to catch it with catch a game with Blink. That'd be pretty exciting yeah. as well. Uh, again, let us know in the comments where you want. It looks like Tommy T might be spoiling. Is this a spoiler? Is he ahead? Score three three nothing. Um, no, they just scored. They just okay, scored. They just I scored. just didn't get a okay. chance. Just get a chance. Go yeah. Capitals are up three, nothing. We're going to close it out here. We appreciate everyone jumping in the chat and talking with us today, going over sophomore expectations and rookie expectations, a little bit on the schedule here uh, at the tail end. We're going to watch some caps hockey. You do make sure that you've liked this video, subscribe to my channel here, ref the district stoner will be gone again next week. Hopefully Trev will have uh, time. He'll jump on us uh, with us next week. We want to appreciate toothpick here from first string podcast for jumping on uh this week as the trevor temporary trevor or the stoner stand-in as uh i'll call him and uh and taking place and, and doing wonderful stuff here on it toothpick why don't you tell us where tell tell everyone listening right now where they can find you all right you can find us on twitter um at toothpick 74 and a first string podcast on twitter and we're, our YouTube channel is First String Podcast, just like it is right there. We will be on tomorrow, like 15 minutes before the uh, schedule reveal. And our normal shows are 8 o'clock on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. All right. Catch them out. Make sure you subscribe to First String Podcast. And until next time, be a fan. We love Washington, uh-huh, and we saw them die hard fans, yeah, we are. you know we keep it on 10, one, let's talk about two, the offense, one, two, three, let's go, and they gifted, we are ref the district, oh, the come on now and join us, you join us.